Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, this is the spoken edition of Wired. Shopping for a great gift for the guys in your life is hard. Mac Weldon has you covered. From their perfect-fitting underwear and socks with real silver woven into the fabric to keep him cool and fresh all day, to their amazing ace sweatpants that look so good he can wear them to the office, a gift from Mack Weldon will have him looking and feeling his best. This year, gift-giving for the guys in your life just got solved. Get 20% off your first order at MacWeldon.com promo code WIRED. That's 20% off at MacWeldon.com promo code WIRED. Forget Earth. In space, libertarian ideas are thriving. Space entrepreneurs tend to share a fondness for libertarian principles. So before checking into your space hotel, be sure to read your Heinlein by Sarah Scholes. You may have heard the phrase, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, perhaps in conversation with your parents when they wanted you to get a job. Its acronym, TANSTAFFEL, pops up in subreddits like r slash anarcho underscore capitalism, on sweatshirts from the politically inclined website libertymaniacs.com, and as a nerdy economics rap on YouTube. Also, for the first eight years of the Libertarian Party's existence, TANSTAFFEL was its official slogan. So it may come as a surprise that this oh-so-political meal owes much of its popularity to a single book about an anti-state revolution on the moon. Written by sci-fi luminary Robert Heinlein, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress is a libertarian manifesto baked into a novel. Heinlein infused his works with recurring sociopolitical themes, among them the importance of individual liberty and self-reliance. As a sci-fi writer society that anointed him its first grandmaster wrote... His interest in personal autonomy and private space exploration later seeped into the writing of other sci-fi authors and into the minds of their readers, in particular, the leading figures in the commercial new space sector of private companies trying to escape Earth's surface. The predominantly libertarian people who work in the free space movement almost universally cite Heinlein as their principal inspiration wrote engineer Robert G. Kennedy III for Remembering the Space Age, a set of conference proceedings edited by a NASA historian. Some of Heinlein's fans are, in fact, the biggest names in the commercial space industry. Take two of the three total people who've won the Heinlein Prize, a $500,000 award for accomplishments in the commercial space business, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. 
Bezos, who has faced speculation about his hypothetical libertarianism and whose gargantuan store certainly ducks taxes and regulation, has said he spent his childhood summers reading Heinlein. Musk, meanwhile, has called himself both moderate and somewhat libertarian. He wants his Mars outpost to have a direct democracy where it's harder to make laws than delete them, a stance that leans libertarian. Musk, too, has labeled The Moon is a Harsh Mistress one of his inspirations. In the book, the moon has a permanent population living on its death-gray regolith, a settlement of exiles, criminals, and the people they gave birth to. These people revolt against their earthly overlords in favor of loose self-rule. So yeah, libertarian. The more personal aspects of this political philosophy mesh well with space entrepreneurs. The lone wolfism, the cowboy explorer tint, the you-can't-stop-me attitude, and the go-west-young-man of it all. Heinlein didn't concoct a space-pioneering ethos in a vacuum. Peer back to the 19th century, says NASA's chief economist Alex McDonald, and you'll find its earliest utterances. In Edgar Allan Poe's The Unparalleled Adventure of One Hans Fall, a bankrupt bellows repairman from Rotterdam rides a balloon to the moon, creating a DIY adventure beyond his dreary existence. Poe's contemporary John Leonard Riddell, a botanist and lecturer, invented a fictional scientist who self-engineered trips to the moon and Mars for science and maybe for profit. Edward Everett Hale, a pastor and writer, wrote about a group of college friends who built a space station and then accidentally launched a crew of private astronauts who continue their altered lives in orbit. Hale was interested in the spiritual development of humanity, says MacDonald. In these early stories, the individuals who want to explore space simply set off and do it. For today's billionaire space set, though, that solo flying is something of a lie. Strip away the marketing, and new space companies are pretty much regular old government contractors in new brand clothing. They run on Defense Department and NASA contracts. They rely on federal perks. Taxpayer dollars often sustain these mythically self-made entrepreneurs, says scholar Victor Shamas, who also pointed out the hypocrisy in a paper called One Giant Leap for Capitalist Kind, Private Enterprise in Outer Space. The state, he continues, is New Space's biggest customer. Yet, assuming these companies succeed, their leaders may well place a philosophical stamp on any space outposts that emerge. One day, when your grandkids or friends' kids' kids are riding their hover scooters around Mars Township B2, they could be living out aspects of Heinlein's libertarian dream. NASA consultant Linda Billings hopes that as space exploration matures, the ideas propelling it will too, on a trajectory away from the frameworks of old. One option? towards something more equitable, more helpful to more people, more in line with what those people actually want from a space program, hint, maybe not human spaceflight, and perhaps more in line with the Outer Space Treaty that theoretically undergirds it all. The exploration and use of outer space shall be carried out, it reads, for the benefit and in the interests of all countries and shall be the province of all humankind. There is today movement in that direction. While the Mars Society, a red planet advocacy group, has an entire section of its annual meeting called the Colonization Track, astronomer Lucian Walkowicz put on a June conference called Decolonizing Mars, aimed at examining how using a colonialist framework in space reproduces past harm from humanity's history on Earth. There's no shortage of wrongs to avoid, rather than repeat, in orbit and beyond. As Heinlein himself wrote in that libertarian manifesto, whatever you do, do not let the past be a straitjacket. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.